Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. who um, doesn't know me, my name's Jared Lieberzeit, and uh, along with Alicia, um, we're the location pastors for our Sexton location, which is, uh, which is one of our three locations, if you didn't know. We have a city location meeting right now uh, in, in the NCMA. We also have our Wellington location meeting in uh, the lower hut of Wellington, uh, which is very, very exciting. And so, Today, um, I want to take a moment to just share some thoughts, and this is a bit of a, a, a word that actually I really felt God uh, place on my heart, and uh, just so everyone knows, uh, this message will not be restricted to anyone above the age of 13 years old. Um, well, I mean, I'm not planning on it being that. It might happen accidentally, but hopefully, let's pray that it doesn't happen. We're finished our series of um, Digital Babylon, and I uh, feel a sigh of relief in the room as we've moved on from that now. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was great. It was an amazing, amazing series. But this, uh, this thought has, uh, in a way, um, come from the, um, this, that, that preaching scene that we've been in, and I've kind of been thinking about some stuff, and God's really placed something on my heart today that hopefully um, applies for you. And in fact, it's actually something that's already been said, talked about this morning. God is obviously wanting to say something today. Does anybody believe that this morning? Come on, good, good. I, I want to encourage the person in the room that is just feeling like they're very busy at, at this point of time in life, feeling like life is just flat out. Like the children have all grown up, <laughs> you know, it's like, where, where did time go? We're now, you know, seven months into the year, uh, starting the second half, not the third half, the second half is, that's where we're at right now. Uh, and it's all go, like time is just, is, is just disappearing for some, some of us, or it feels like that anyways. And I want to share the idea, Phil has already talked about it, this thought today, this is my one, one main thought, is that the kingdom of God is fighting for your attention. The kingdom of God is fighting for your attention. I believe that there is a constant battle going on in our life. It's a fight for our attention, that we would be a people who seek not what the world has or what the world offers, but that we would seek God, that we would know God, that it would be Him that we go after and that fix, we fix our attention on. And if these lights keep flashing, let's just turn them off. That'd be amazing. We don't need lights in here, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it be digital or relational or aspirational, whatever it is, God really wants your attention to not be on those things. He wants your attention to be on Him and what He has for you. That's what He's all about. And I believe that this morning, as we finish, and at some point this morning, every single person in the room is going to experience the presence of God afresh, that there's an encounter here for someone, that there's an encounter of the presence of God for each and every one of us today. And so it's going to be, it's going to be good. The Word of God tells us to be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I am God. Father, I thank you for this morning. I pray that you would speak to us. Oh God, would you move in on our hearts, move in on our situation. God, we need a touch of heaven. We just want to know you more and we want to discover more about you today. God, I pray that you would speak in this place. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Do you know anyone who actually does struggle to pay attention? You think of someone, everyone's nodding, wow. Um, it, might be your, it might be your kids, 
you know, oh, the kids just never seem to listen to me. Uh, you know, the, they never seem to do what I, I, I ask them to pick up the toys, but I'm always the one who has to pick the toys up myself. Um, maybe it's, you know, uh, it's your husband. You know, he seems to just have selective hearing. You know, he just only hears what he wants to hear. That's, that's just how it maybe is. I wouldn't say it the other way. I just say it that way. Um, maybe it's friends. Have you ever thought, man, oh, we go and we have coffee and we have all these chats, but they never really pay attention to my issues and to the things that I'm going through. Maybe you're like, actually, you know what? I'm the person who really struggles to pay attention. That's me. <laughs> I don't really do well with focusing on one thing at a time or for a long period of time. And if that is you, can I just say it's not your fault. We're actually all really in the same boat. We all have the same issue. There was actually a study done and a couple years ago by Microsoft and they released some information, they discovered that the average amount of time that a person can actually pay attention or our total attention span ability as human beings has been brought down to about 12 seconds. It's about the length of time that we can actually pay attention. But that was, you know, a couple of years ago. Now we're living in a digital age. And so there's been some more information released. And it may even have been more since this was released. But it's now gone from 12 seconds down to 8 seconds. That's the average amount of time that we can pay attention to something. It's not great for me today. <laughs> we got about 30 minutes to go, people. <laughs> got to do something to just re-engage the, the attention. <laughs> The things have changed, and uh, uh, we all need something to change every eight seconds to keep us uh, in att- at attention, keep us focused. And, uh, and I think that life is a little bit like a room filled with conversation, a room filled with people. Uh, you know, like, a, like if you've ever been to a, an event or a party or something, and there's just a, a lot of people and there's a lot of noise. I went to a 40th birthday party recently, and uh, there was a lot of people there. There was, there was like, you know, music cranking. Uh, there were a lot of conversations. There was, uh, there was um, I don't know, just lots happening. It was one of, those, one of those environments where you go and you, you maybe experience this, you have a conversation with someone, but you have to like lean in to hear what they're saying, or you feel like you're shouting to get them to hear what you're saying. It's, it's just one of those, those types of places. And then it always happens, I guarantee you've, you've experienced this. Someone gets up at some point in the event, grabs like a, a wine glass and a knife or a spoon or a fork, something like that, bangs on that glass and says, hey, may I have your attention? I have something to say. Gets everyone in, everyone quietens down and they share what they have to say, their speech or their thing or their thank you or whatever it might be. But I think that God is calling out our name in a room filled with a lot of noise and a lot of conversation. And what feels like just this whole world is is just turning into a, a lot of mess there's so much more information in, a, in, a, in an attempt to make things clearer, but at the same time, it's making things a hang of a lot more confusing. There are more options now. There are more ways for people to go. There are more messages. There are more ways of getting messages. There are so many things that are being screamed at us on the daily, and God, requ- God desires excuse me, to be the clarity in all of the confusion. When the world pulls us in so many ways, He wants you to be going His way. When there are so many voices that we can be distracted by, He wants you to hear His voice over everything. <laughs> There's a constant battle going on in our life, a fight for our attention. Will we be people? that are putting our attention on what the world wants or what the world has, or are we willing to put it on, on God? And 
I want to share a story. This is 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 3. And this is about uh, this amazing man of God. His name's Elijah. And in this, in this point of time, Elijah has just proven uh, to the prophets of Baal that their God that they are setting up is not the God. That, that is a false God. It's just a piece of wood. It's a statue. That's all that it is. But that he serves the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, the one who actually reigns, the one who is the one true God. He's proven it. And now they have, the prophets of Baal have been destroyed. And Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, is after him. Anytime Jezebel is after someone, that person better be running. You've got to get away from that. <laughs> but so he is, he is doing what he can to get away now because he is, uh, basically he's running for his life. That's how, a, that's how the story goes. She wants to kill him. It says this uh, in verse three. We'll read it through together. It says, Elijah, I think it's on the screen, was afraid and he ran for his life. That's the first thing that sometimes takes our attention is fear. Is just being afraid. And Elijah, that's exactly where we find him. He's in that exact position. That's where he's at. It says that when he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Scripture a little bit earlier talks about him actually being in a bit of a state of depression. He's, he's fallen into just this deep sadness because of what's happened in his life. It says, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Love it. Great supply. He ate and he drank and then he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank. Then strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and for 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. Then I love this part. It says, the word of the Lord came to him and asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied and said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. It's kind of a bit of a, uh, a bit of a whine, a bit of a complain, a complaining moment to God. Then the Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then it goes on and says that a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. He went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? And this... Uh, this, this man is important to understand, and I assume many of us do, but for those that don't know, he was very close with God. He knew God. He was a prophet. He, he would hear from God regularly. He would carry the message that God had to share, and he would speak on his behalf. He did and had done 
great things for God. But even in this moment, we find this amazing man of God and he's lost his attention. He's, he's put his attention on something other than God and he finds himself in a bit of a sticky situation. Elijah, this amazing man of God, he had gotten himself to a place that was so low. Like, yes, yeah, some things had gone down and some things had been bad for him. Some things hadn't gone too good or maybe the way that he expected things to go. But the guy is now hiding in a cave asking God to take his life. It's not a good place to be. It's not ideal, is it? It's not, not very fun. <laughs> he, he was asking God to take his life. And I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a place that maybe is similar to that. Maybe not necessarily an actual cave, but um, maybe you found yourself just isolated somewhere at home or just by yourself feeling like you have no other options feeling like there's no other way. God, this is the end of the road for me. I don't know if I can actually go any further in this. I think that we can relate to this story because Elijah, he's just like you and me. We are just like him. We are very, very similar. When something other than God has our attention, things in life just aren't quite the same. When something other than God has our attention, things are just a little bit off, that are a little bit different. See, you can try and, and put your attention on something in order to get joy, but the joy that you get from God is far greater and beyond any, any joy that you can find anywhere in the world, from anything. Happiness can be found in some things for a moment, but the joy that comes from the presence of the Lord is everlasting. It never runs out. It never, ever dries out. The freedom that we try and find in other things, man, we won't find the freedom like we find in the presence of God anywhere in the world. It's the Spirit of God that brings freedom into our life, true, absolute liberty. When, when God has our attention, He takes our shame. He forgives our past. He helps us into a better and a brighter future. When we're able to put our attention on Him, not other things. When we're able to not focus on what the world wants for us, but when we're able to focus focus on God. That's what happens. Hebrews 12 says this, to fix our eyes on Jesus, who? The pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It also goes on and it says that we are to consider Him because He went through great opposition, endured great opposition so that we would not grow weary. We find Elijah and the guy's tired. The guy's worn out. You know, the guy's just, he's struggling. It's like he's got a newborn and he's really struggling with sleep and you know he's not getting much and it's like oh, it's all over the place he's just a little a little bit tired so he has to have this this sleep <laughs> he has to have a sleep because he's forgotten for a moment where his true life source comes from i wonder today um where your attention is i wonder what your attention is on today in life in your day-to-day -day. is it helping your life or is it hurting your life uh, you might say, oh, Jared, it's helping my life because it feels really good. It feels good. It feels, it feels like a really good time, and I think it's, I think it's helping. But uh, just because it feels good doesn't mean that it's actually good for you. You can ask any alcoholic or drug addict that. It feels good for a moment, but then after, after the high, you end up in a bit of a destructive situation. Things are falling down around you. In fact, sometimes God actually takes us through something to help us that doesn't always feel good. Did you know that? 
Sometimes he takes us through a season that doesn't feel good on purpose. It doesn't sound like there's something that a loving God should do or would do, but it is what he does. It's how, it's how he works in our life. He takes us through a season of maybe not feeling too good because he knows that if God, if he can have your attention, even when things aren't going great, that means that when any season he's able to actually work wonders and miracles in your life. That in any season, he's, he's going to be able to do something in your world. He, if he has your attention, the tough moments, the hard moments are filled with purpose. They are filled with purpose. Why? So that he can demonstrate his absolute glory in your life. So that he can show up and show off and do something that you never expected. So that he can turn up and do something that you know you can never do by yourself because you just because you just lost attention somewhere along the way. But now if you've got your attention back on him, things start to change. Here's what happens. He can take you out of the valley. He can place you on the mountainside. He can place you in a position to experience his presence to have an encounter with Him, to have your life changed. He can take you out of the situation that you're struggling with and place you in a position where you can hear the Word of God, where you can get some clarity, when you can figure out your next step, when you can discover purpose for your life, where you can find salvation. That's what He loves to do. He does it as well so that you can be shaped into the person that He wants you to be. So God comes to Elijah and He says, you need to get up. He says, I'm about to take you somewhere. We're about to go somewhere. Anyone ready to go somewhere? <laughs> Good. This is what it says in verse eight. It says, so he got up and he ate and he drank and he was strengthened by that food. He was strengthened by that food. It's very important that we actually just point out for a moment a little detail in the Word of God because the Word of God, no matter what you read, it always points to Jesus Christ, right? The angel appears and he's like, hey, you gotta get up, you gotta have some food. And so Elijah takes a look around and he sees this food. What does he see? He sees a bit of bread, and he sees some water. It's just a subtle detail, and if you didn't know, you might miss it, but this points to Jesus, who of course is the bread of life and the living water, the true sustainer, the true strength for our life, the true source of life for our every single day. So this guy, he's, he's up, he has some food. He's traveling now for 40 days and for 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. How powerful is that? The mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. He went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Then God said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And for the Lord is about to pass by. Go and stand at attention because God's about to pass by. And I would hate for you to miss this moment. God is about to pass by. Then it says that a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there's this gentle whisper. There's this amazing stillness. The Hebrew translation actually talks, to it, uh, talks about it and, and refers to it as a bit of a silence. It's just for a moment, it's like there's nothing there. It's so faint. It's so quiet. It's so still. It's so peaceful. There's just this gentle whisper. And when this gentle whisper comes, Elijah hears it. He pulls a cloak over his face, makes his way out of the cave. He pulls the cloak over his face as if to say, oh my gosh, that's God. 
And I know what happens when I experience a little bit of the glory of God. I better cover my face because who knows, this might be the end of my life. This is a dangerous moment for me. He's got to cover his face before he gets out of the cave and sees what he potentially is about to see. Then this voice comes again. Why are you here? Why are you here, Elijah? The big thought that I really want to share and the idea that I want you to get today is the reason that we need to pay attention and the reason that we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, pay attention to God, is because He shows up in our life in ways that we never expected He would. He always shows up in a way that we didn't expect. He is the God of the unexpected. That's how He works. If He always did exactly what we would expect, there would never be an opportunity for Him to blow out of the water our expectation and our faith. God gets Elijah out on the mountain and He says, you better watch out, I'm about to pass by. So Elijah stands to pay attention and the wind blows. And, and he would probably think, oh my gosh, you know that song, Fresh Wind? There's that, that amazing song. Like when f- the song Fresh Wind plays, like that's, that's when it happens. You know, God is always in the wind. That's how it works. But th- no, it's not how it is. We haven't, we haven't been through the day of Pentecost yet. That's not, that's not happened. This, this doesn't apply for our guy Elijah. You can experience the presence of God, but at this time, you don't get to have the presence of God. That's not how it works. So for him, the wind means nothing. But God's not in the wind. Then there's this earthquake and it's like, oh God, you're showing off. (laughs) But no, God's not in the earthquake. Then the fire, and he probably thinks back to the story about Moses. Oh God, God meets Moses with this burning bush experience. There's this fire, there's this idea that that's where God is, but not this time, not for our guy Elijah. Then this still small voice, this whisper, and God turns up. What are you doing here, Elijah? I think that it would make a lot of sense if God turned up in the other more dramatic moments? Why didn't God just turn up in the wind or the earthquake or the fire? Don't you think it's weird that God turns up in a whisper? Like, like why does God turn up in, in this whisper, in, in this moment? I think God turns up in a whisper because if it was to turn up in the fire or the earthquake or the wind or any other big dramatic ways, I mean, I mean they can, that can be how he'd turn up, but you don't have to pay attention to actually recognize those things. You don't have to pay attention to notice those things. But when the whisper comes, you better be paying attention because a whisper is easy to miss. Because a whisper can can go by. You can experience the earthquake. You don't have to be waiting for an earthquake. It just appears out of nowhere. Anyone agree with me on that? Okay, you agree with something. That's good. (laughs) But when a whisper comes, man, if you're not listening for it, you're not going to hear it. When a whisper comes, if you're not paying attention, you're just going to miss it. It's just, going to, it's just going to go past. You're going to miss the moment. You're going to miss the opportunity. Why does God whisper? Because you'll easily miss it. The whisper, I believe, is a test. It's him asking Elijah, are you at full attention? And I believe God wants to whisper into our life, into our heart, into our soul today. He wants to whisper something to you, but He only whispers to us because He just wants to make sure that you are actually paying full attention to Him. He wants to make sure that He has your heart. He wants to make sure that you are actually there. You're all in. You're actually leaning in with everything, that you're not distracted by something else. You're not worried about what the week's going to look like or what tomorrow's going to look like. No, in this moment, I'm just here for God, and that's it. And that's why I'm here. That's it. That's all I'm here for. I'm just here for Him. (laughs) The whisper is a test. See, the whisper of the Word of God is a foundational part to our relationship with Him. It is the most stripped back you will ever find yourself in relationship with God. Some people come to church and they just think that's it. 
oh, I'm at church and, and that's, that's, that's my, my part of building my relationship with God. But the thing is, is you can come to church and still not be putting your attention on God, right? Some, some people come into the worship and it's like, oh, if they're playing my song, if they're playing my jam, if the right worship leader's on, today's gonna be good. I'm, I'm gonna be able to put my attention on God. Before you know it, you've actually taken your attention off God. You're putting your attention on the worship. <laughs> Some people come into church and into moments or listen to podcasts. Like, I, just want, I just want that good, solid teaching. I, wanna, I want that foundational, te- teach me something. I, I don't wanna be inspired. I wanna be, I wanna be taught. And all of a sudden, you put your attention on a certain style of preaching instead of your attention on who God actually is. But if you get the whisper first, if you get the whisper first, if you're paying attention enough to hear the whisper of God, God, church isn't just something that I go to. Church is actually something I'm a part of. I'm not obligated to go. I don't just go once out of four weeks, but I actually know that because I've heard the whisper of God, because He's in my heart, I can't stand not being in the house of God. I wanna be there. I wanna build it. I'm gonna be a part of it. It's where I belong. If you've heard the whisper of God, every song that is sung, every worship leader, whether it's flat, or sharp or on time or not on time. (laughs) No matter what it's like, I'm already ready. I'm ready to worship. I have it on my heart already. Whatever the song is, I already have a song in my heart because I've heard the whisper of God. I turn up. I turn up and the preacher, the preacher might not be the preacher that I I was expecting or the one that I liked. But every time the Word of God is open, if I have the whisper already, there's room for revelation. There's space for God to say something. There's room for my faith to be enlarged because it's not just about the person, but it's actually the Word of God. It's the Word of God. I've already heard the Word of God. He's already done a great work in my life. He's already done something in my heart. The whisper has already made such a great difference in my world, and I know that He wants to still do more. I'm no longer reliant on the right moment. (laughs) to take my attention. I'm not relying on a specific environment to grab my attention. I don't need that anymore. God already has my attention. God already has my focus. God already has my focus. I want to finish by sharing just one, one more thought. See, if God already has the attention... Now, when we come into the moments, see, that might have sounded like I just bagged everything that a church does or all the fundamentals of a Christian life, you know, the coming to church, being in worship, having and receiving the Word of God. But actually, those things are amazing, but they are even more amazing if you first have the whisper of God. See, I come into those worship moments. I come into these preaching moments and I just have so much more to receive because it's all coming off, being built off the foundation of a whisper, the foundation of this close moment with God. Why does God whisper to Elijah? Why does he whisper to Elijah? He whispers because he's close. He whispers because he's near. He whispers because he is just right there. And he doesn't have to shout. He doesn't have to do anything that's too dramatic. All he has to do is just whisper because he's a close God. Because he's close. He's not far away. Even when he feels like he's far away, 
Even if when, he feels, when it feels like things aren't going very well and there's some sort of disconnection and, and maybe there's things that have happened in the past that have made you feel like God is now gone from me. God is still there. He's just a whisper away. He's just a whisper away today. And I think that some of us, maybe we find ourselves stuck in the cave. If I was to title this message, I would probably title it something like, Get Out of the Cave. Get Out of the Cave. Elijah finds himself in this cave, kind of hiding, hiding from his problems, hiding from, maybe hiding from God, definitely putting himself in a position where he's disconnected from him. Some of us are like that. We're stuck in this cave and we haven't found a way to hear the whisper of God. We haven't been able to actually fix our attention on him enough to receive this amazing whisper. Maybe you find yourself in a cave this morning and it's a cave of hurt. Maybe you find yourself in a cave and it's a cave of depression, of anxiety, a cave of fear. Maybe you find yourself in a cave of shame, of regret. Man, I've made some bad decisions. I've done some things. How can God take me? I'm hiding in a cave. Maybe it's a cave of misunderstanding. Maybe you feel like you're just not good enough. Or maybe your cave is the fact that you feel like you've got it all together and that you're all sweet. (laughs) It's a cave of pride. The Word of God says to humble yourself before the Lord. Never humble yourself before other people. That's not what it's about. The Scripture says it before God. It's about your relationship with Him. We need to get out of our cave of pride, get down on our knees and worship and come back to the feet of Jesus, come back to God. For all of us, for every single one of us in the room, you may feel alone in the cave, but God is close. You are never alone. He's just a whisper away. And it's time for some of us, I believe and declare in a prophetic way, I feel that it's time for someone to get out of the cave. God's calling you just like He did Elijah to get out of the cave and get on the mountainside. Because when you're on the mountainside, that's when you're truly at attention. When you're on the mountainside, that's when you actually are putting yourself in a position to hear what God wants to say, to experience Him. Because God's on His way past and He does not want you to miss what He has for you. It's about His presence in our life. When you're on the mountainside, oh, this mountaintop moment, nothing compares to that mountaintop moment. It lifts you up. It sets your feet down. Gives you a new direction. There's hope on the mountainside. There's a new sense of faith for your life on the mountainside. There's so much more there for you if you stay in the cave. You'll just, be, you'll just be stuck where you are. But if you hear the voice of God, He's asking, what are you doing here? Are you just here for the good time? Are you just here for the motions? Are you just here for something? I don't know. Or are you here for me? God's asking each, each and every one of us, are you here for me today? And I think that this morning, as we finish, there's an encounter for every single person in the room. There's a a moment right now for us to just receive His presence again. We're in His presence. Right now, God's in the room. Right now, God wants to meet with us tangibly. And maybe it's been a while. Maybe you feel like there's been something that's holding you back from actually stepping into His presence. Right now, I believe that's gonna break, that you're about to find freedom to step into His presence in a new way. God wants to turn up in our lives, in each and every one of our lives. And this cave no longer belongs to you. 
feel like God would say that to someone today. The cave is never yours. You don't belong there. You don't, you don't get to stay there. This actual exact mountain, the mountain of God, is the place where Moses met with God. And the Scripture tells us back in the early, early books that where Moses met with God was in a cave region. And some people actually even believe that this exact cave that Elijah's in is the cave where God met with Moses. So Moses met with God. This is someone else's cave. This moment has been and gone. There's already been a breakthrough from this. Someone's already left the cave for you. Oh my gosh. Listen, I'm not, I don't even know. I just need to say something else, okay? And then, and then we'll probably have a moment and maybe worship and just get into the presence of God. But this cave is a really, uh, it's a really important picture because there's also another cave. And I don't know if you know about this other cave that someone walked out of. This other cave that someone actually made their way. It's a cave that was actually covered by a stone. It's a cave that was actually covered. That this, this stone that couldn't be shifted. It was sealed. It was marked. It was shut very firmly. It, sh- it was moved. And of course, the amazing body of Jesus Christ in all His glory and power and authority makes His way out of the cave. And He did it then so that right now, without striving, without having to fight, without having to battle, we can just do it if in our heart we decide that's what we want. And so today, if you want another or a fresh or the first encounter with God, if that's where you're at, I wanna invite you. Why don't you just stand to your feet? If all across this place, if you're like, that's me, I want to know the presence of God. I'm coming out of the cave. I'm leaning in. If that's you, if you are here and you want just another touch from heaven, all of us, everyone is in a position to receive a touch from God. If that's you, why don't you stand to your feet? We're gonna worship. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.